You're listening to The New Paris. Six years ago, I entered a new cafe that was aiming to do something that, at the time, was unique, to bring together good food and excellent coffee. I had eagerly anticipated its opening and was sure it would become a regular hangout. But very quickly, word got out that this place called Holy Belly was doing more than delivering a new-to-Paris experience. It was combining Anglo-Saxon-style service, an atmosphere that was dynamic and welcoming, and transparency around every decision, from the contractor who worked on the interior to the sourcing of ingredients. Lines snaked around the block, and soon, this 10th arrondissement café was the place to eat and drink. Six years in a second location and several renovations later, Holy Belly still draws crowds. To talk about their singular success, approach to business, and communication style are the owners Nicolas Allary and Sarah Mouchot, whom you may have met in person at the cafe or perhaps in the pages of my book, The New Paris. Thank you for being here. Thank Thank you. Thank you for having us. And on your vacation, no less. Oh, well. Oh, that's okay. Best time to do it. (laughs) Sure. So anybody who is on Instagram and follows Paris establishments most likely know who you are and have been here and have probably eaten at Holy Belly. And I know for one that I've, you know, this evolution you guys have done has been absolutely incredible to watch and you're certainly the envy of a lot of small businesses. How do you what do you make of this? Like how do you explain this particular type of success that you've had? Well, I mean, um <laughs> trick question. It's it's actually kind of easy. It's it just comes down to and it will sound very straightforward and easy, but it's just hard work. And you know, we we make it look a certain way and like we try to keep it as close to reality as we can on social media. We try we try not to sell a dream like you were you know talking about in your intro about the contractors and all that and the transparency of the, the way we do things. And and so people know that there's some highs and lows in what we do, but behind that growth that wasn't so fast actually we were kind of careful about not growing too fast behind that growth is just a whole bunch of work and hours um but we 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 consider ourselves lucky because there are people that work just as hard and sometimes things just don't click so i think it's a good mix it's an equal mix of just right time right place good people um and just we just we just adamant about making this work so we never dropped the bar and we just kept working yeah, I think after six years, like we f- still feel a little uh, insecure sometimes, and or like we still feel like, oh, sh- should we make this better, or ca- how can we change this just to uh, do a little, just do it a little better and faster, or or, or more tasteful, or mm-hmm. uh, we never kind of feel like uh, our work is done and sure. we are successful, mm-hmm. and let's just you know, let's just kind of relax Relax. (laughs) yeah but it's tricky because i mean so i know you say the growth wasn't that quick but in fact the line started pretty quickly right so i knew i was not going to be able to make your place my qg (laughs) uh because i'd have to like you know line up but that doesn't mean i don't enjoy going no i know but you know you know i remember those early days and you were i think you had the anticipation that it would become very much a cozy hangout where people could come and have coffee at you know, three in the afternoon and yeah. Totally, yeah. N- not be bothered. But so I think it did uh, resonate with people in a surprising way. Um, did you sort of like how, w- when you first started seeing those lines and people like really eager to come in, were you like, oh God, what did we create? Or was it a happy 
discovery. For me, it was a bit like, oh God, yeah. like we just created a monster that yeah. of like the region we could never stop feeding, basically. Yeah. I think it was but harder um, on the kitchen than it was. I mean, it was harder on everybody, but for the kitchen, because they make the food. And so like when the fridges are empty and then you have to like refill them, that was on the kitchen. So I think, I think for me, the fact that, you know, Nico was front of house. So he saw people waiting and wanting to come in. So he would just be like, oh God, we need to like, we need to go fast or like make them sit down like in a timely manner and stuff and for me I was seeing the food getting out and I didn't want to drop the ball on the quality so we had arguments of sometime about like how many people can we actually fit like serving them good food like mm -hmm. you know it was that impossible stretch that we mm. it was always like quantity quality and so mm. like we just wanted to send out the good stuff but we also didn't want to turn people away not because it wasn't even like economically it wasn't about money it was more like we just didn't want to disappoint people you know and so if they came all the way and they really wanted to experience holy belly for me because i was the fate like i was at the door for the first Seeing three four years yeah, yeah exactly mm -hmm. and so it was hard to turn people away so like i was torn i was always torn between like mm. not sending too many people in and like kitchen couldn't keep up or like quality would go down but also mm -hmm. you know keeping customers happy and and just i just wanted to share the experience with i mean as many people as possible and does it make it easier or harder that you both you live together and you work together i mean you're not just business partners yeah we think like for us it works really well to yeah. actually be together because the we of course we still talk about hollywood a lot even after six years but in the first year especially like we just that's all we thought about or talked about or and it allowed us to be together allowed us to uh, make decisions pretty fast and just like really think it through and yeah. not have like an hour every week uh, of like business meeting you know right. like yeah. the business meeting was just continuous yeah. and <laughs> it, it's it's good like people always yeah. it's a question that always comes up and i think it's just even when we first started the banks were worried about it our parents were worried about it everybody's worried about it the the, the whole like you the know banks were worried about well, it. Yeah, oh because, yeah totally yeah, yeah you need to like i don't want to get into it too much but like we share the the shares of the business 50-50 right. and they wanted us to do 51-49 because otherwise it could be blocking if one mm. of us was like I'm if not I doing say it. yes and Nico says yeah. no then right. what happens like we, the we, business kind of it's stupid but fails. we fought for that we fought for that 1% like mm. we were like no it's going to be 50-50 because we're both going to invest the exact same amount of time and work and energy into this anyway it's, an, it's a long story but um, working together is it's actually great you know because uh, like Sarah was saying if you have business partners it's like okay well we have, really have to talk about this like we have to fix this we have to talk about this person we have to i'd like we'd i'd like to grow in that direction and like can we talk on november 26 you know and then it's just like everything becomes just slower right whereas sarah and i we're just like we're brushing our teeth or we're cooking and we're like you know oh, you know what, what? Do you think i about think we should really do that oh yeah cool yeah. well that's done that's decided so in you that know? sense we're much more efficient and it's just there's less friction in our growth because we live together but you're mm. also complementary in terms of your characters because one of you is super chatty online. Yes, and the Sarah's other <laughs> terrible. She just won't shut up. <laughs> but, you know, so obviously it doesn't work for everybody, you know, if, if they're too similar or yeah. they have yeah, different totally. styles. Yeah, yeah. You know, so earlier we, you know, you mentioned and I mentioned the transparency, which is one of the things that always struck me from the very beginning. Um, and you're forthcoming also about like the soaring and quite frightening costs of operating your business. You know, you talk about labor charges, especially. Um, would it necessarily be less costly to run this business outside of France? I don't reckon, because the things we are unwilling to compromise on, aka um, food, 
so always sourcing the best uh, and also staff well-being. So like paying people uh, right and even a little bit above uh, right. And then kind of just keeping it a fun clean well-maintained environment yeah as well yeah this is expensive anywhere you know well the rent is expensive but rent is expensive anywhere i think it could uh, holly belly could only work in a big city um Mm. it could not work in a small city i don't know you wouldn't get the volume no you need that traffic you mm. need that traffic and so like it would be either here or london or new york or so it would have to be a big hub and the cost would be the same or more expensive but you do have, I mean, you you always talk about, I mean, I see your, when you talk about URSAF, which is social mm, charges, yeah. and I pay URSAF as well, yeah. obviously it's different, and it's equally as scary, because mm-hmm. you get these bills and you're like, I'm sorry, how much? What? what? Yeah, <laughs> and it's so, true, it's true, it's true, yeah. You know, how do you, like, does that ever make you feel like, God damn it, France, like, a why? Bit. A little bit sometimes, but like, I think we just, we knew that, hey, this is like, this is our playground, and those are the rules, and this is the game, either... We embrace that and we move forward. And yes, it hurts a little bit. But we, knew, we knew it when we moved back to France. I mean, you know, we prepared ourselves psychologically to be like, <laughs> 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 going back, like, this is going to be, if we if we build a business here, it's going to be hard. There is going to be a lot of red tape and we just have to accept it. Otherwise, we'll just drive ourselves crazy. So we just need to play that game. You I know? just didn't mm-hmm. think we thought it was, we didn't anticipate it was going to be that much. It, we knew yeah, it, there was going to be some mm-hmm. and then it just, mm-hmm. oh man. Well, it also yeah. just seems like there's always surprise charges. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you posted recently about your leak or the yeah. you know, whatever happened in the in the downstairs. Like those are things you <sighs> maybe totally, try to yeah. like have money aside for oh, if you oh, can. You must, but you like, must. I think with something that we did not anticipate. Talking about what we did not anticipate was mm. the cost of uh, just maintaining this the place because yep. we do around like between four hundred and five hundred covers a day, and that it's at like one place at one place at one of the yeah. Yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. At Holly Bill at so five, yeah. Imagine having that many people coming to your house every day. You know, everything <laughs> just breaks. Like the bathroom, the chairs, the tables it just and we built strong like when we built five because we had that experience we we just been doing this for three four years um we knew it was going to take a take a bidding we hoped it would take a bidding but man like you, you don't expect it you know everything no, and now we're reaching that point, that point where yeah. every day there's something to fix because <gasps> everything two gets, or three things like every day yeah. just like things well, breaking it, yeah it makes it's sense. just too much volume and but like that could destroy mm. some businesses you yeah, know yeah, where yeah, like yeah. you have that thing that goes and it screws everything up and you mm. can't have people mm. in or, yeah you no know, you whatever. need that buffer you need that buffer and you need to build strong like if you know you're going to be busy or you hope you're going to be busy like we hope we will be with the big holly belly we just we just spare no expense so we went we thought we tried to go with the best guys in the business and like spend that money up front so we'd mm-hmm. be you know all, all taken care of later on and it's mostly it's been working i mean the kitchen was mightly expensive but it's doing amazing amount of covers every day and it just works every day so right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like i said the thing that struck me before you even opened was how um honest and open you were being about the process to opening this business i remember mm-hmm. you had behind the bar mm-hmm. or yeah that's know, it behind the bar yeah, exactly right. yeah and i remember thinking like who is this guy because at the time I didn't yet know. I mean, you were you were in photographs, but he was the one, the voice of like yeah, what was exactly, happening. Yeah. And so I was like, where does this guy come from that he's being so honest? The French are never mm. honest about this kind of stuff. You know, it's like they don't want to give any impression that it's That's true. complicated, even though everybody complains that it's complicated. Yeah. So why did you take that approach? You know, because you were you were forthcoming even about like the startup costs mm. and going to the bank and having to see different bank you know yeah. bankers and. 
Well, I think it's like in, it's in reaction to everything you just said. Like uh, we're both French and we grew up in that culture of just don't say too much, don't share too much, you know. And so uh, then we traveled then we went to Vancouver for a few years and we went to Melbourne for a few years. And we saw a different approach to things and people being a bit more transparent, a bit more sharing about information that are essentials. And so when we first, like, we, we sat down and like, okay, how do we open a business? So we, we just went to Google and were like, how do you open a cafe in Paris? You know, pretty <laughs> basically. And there was nothing. There were like literally no resources whatsoever. And we're like, well, we're going to go through this entire process of creating a business from scratch. It would be such a shame not to document that process and so that's how we started it and it was just really and in the end you know it was it was mostly for us because going back in the process of create, creating Holly Belly there were some times where like we felt like things were one moving forward or like we were losing time or we were being efficient enough and then we'd go back to those posts and be like well look at this like three weeks ago we we're just doing this we've done so much in that time so it was actually it was good for um, the readers because it was giving a really down to earth really close to reality account of what it's like to open a business when you're 26 and France with, you know, not coming from money or whatever. And then also for us, it was a good way to keep our finger on the pulse of our project and knowing that, hey, no, we're doing good and like we're moving forward and mm -hmm. look at this, you know, only three weeks ago, mm -hmm. we're still doing this. So it just ended up being this great tool that we just, it kept us, it kept us in line, you know, the whole way. But clearly this was part of your personalities, or at least maybe Sarah, you can tell me if Nico was already like, <laughs> do you, did, you, did you have dreams of being a blogger? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he always loved documenting and photographing okay. and stuff. So that was, yeah. That's but. actually where we met. Do you remember? Uh, wait, you were wait, wait, still wait, 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 wait. working as a photographer occasionally, and there was a Kinfolk magazine right. picnic. That was that? That was Ooh. that moment? That was, I was there. Oh, my God, man. That was, yeah, that was years <laughs> ago. That feels like it was a different oh, lifetime wow. ago. Yeah, yeah. That was in Batignolles. In the, yeah. No, no, it was on the Seine. Maybe you did multiple oh, photos. Oh, that was shoots. another one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, but still, that was, that was a long time one, yeah. ago. Yeah, wow. Right? Actually so you've come a really one. far. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you've come very far. One brick at a time. But, okay, so with honesty also mm -hmm. comes potential controversy. And yeah. we won't go into much detail, <laughs> but let's just say it might involve avocados and, yeah. you know, critiques of, of I've, I've things. I've come down, though. You know, don't you don't you think that I got better? Um, Not better, I but think like... So. I Sarah, just... you answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> No. I think you got a little better. Yeah, yeah. About. But it just takes too much time and energy. But, <laughs> but why did you, like, why? Because you're so public now about the business and you and your feelings about the food world. So is that why it was so important for you to speak out and use the platform? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know... Um, it's a, it's a it's a big question. Why do I do what I do? Why do I talk so much? Uh, why do I have so many opinions? But like it's every, like to go back to what we're saying. It's our life. It's everything we do. We wake up. We talk about it. We go back to bed. We talk about it. It's like it's you know twenty four seven. Um, even when I sleep. So it's I got things to say, and then it builds up, and then it just got to come out, you know. And so and, and we, how does that dynamic work between you two? Because I think from the outside, some of us are like. What does Sarah think about all of this? <laughs> That's true. I think sometimes she wishes that I would like. Consult it depends, her first. but for that particular avocado, I was totally. I agree with you that you know it's not because you are a cafe that you need to do avocado toast, and there is so many other things to do that are also delicious, and especially when they are not in season and not good. Like I totally agree with you. Sometimes I do agree with what you say. Sometimes I don't, but it's uh, it's the Holly Belly account, and Nico is. 
managing it. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes you get in trouble a little bit. I but do sometimes, but like, yeah. now I try to foresee what's going to happen. Like before it was just, I was kind of like, you know, I would just spill out there. Yeah, yes. exactly. But um, now I'm like, okay, is this worth it? Like how much time is it going to take? Do I really care? You know? And it so, does take a lot of time. It does. It People really won't does. let things go on, no, on the internet. No, and me neither. So like it could go on forever. <laughs> what? Yeah. You don't let things go? No, but now I do though, because you know, it's... And also for Sarah and like you know we have a boy now and like I can't spend my nights just arguing with your people financial online. officer mm-hmm. exactly. Mm. So your team has grown and you you also mentioned before that you feel it's important to maintain them and 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 keep them you know happy and that's I mean it seems like an obvious thing but it's quite rare yes. in the food mm-hmm. business um, and so your management style seems more seems unfrench. Mm-hmm. How would you? De- I mean, would you agree with that? And then, how would you define the way you try to? Is this from what you've learned outside? I think I friends? agree, and I think that's sad when you think about it. Well, that it's it's you know it, it's unFrench, but like I think we can make it French again. Um, I think for so long hospitality, it's an old business, it's an old industry, and so things were done in a way, and everybody was like, okay, well that's the way things are done. And I think Sarah and I, not coming from, uh, you know, um, hospitality school or and coming, being employees for a long and being time employees as well, like time. we always try to remember what it was like, you yeah. know. And I feel like in France, it's kind of like a, you build that vicious circle of like, oh, you don't give me that, so I won't give you that, so you won't give me that, so I won't give you that, and mm. it's just like not a very good environment. Whereas if you if you start being like you know what you did a really good job i'll give you that so then you want to give me that and i want to give you right. that you incentivize and, people you know, yeah. exactly yeah and it's well, just it's, but there's this perception that um at least i've noticed and not just in 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 the food business but just the french are very suspicious of people in charge it, yeah exactly mm. i think like that's, the that's, boss yeah. is bad that's true mm-hmm. that's true that's true and i'm like it just it hurts me so much because like we try not to be bosses like we tr- i mean you know there are there is an organization at holly belly but we really try to keep that line as open and blurry as possible uh we work a whole bunch on the floor still and in the kitchen to keep that line as, as little as possible. And we but are in the office a bunch. Yeah, but I think when we opened HB5 and we had a lot of employees coming in, like I, that's when I felt that like, ooh, like we are bosses now. Like we we don't have a few employees that are like, we work all the time in the kitchen and on the floor. So we, we didn't really feel like it. And mm. we started feeling it when we opened HB5. But we consciously always try to like keep really close to the guys and like not being the guys in the office and, mm. you know, not, not being that cliche. There's a lot of work to do in the office when you have 37, 38 employees, you know, working for you. So you'll spend that time in the office anyway. But it's important that they know you're always around for them. And if something's broken, like we have this contract with them that if something's broken we'll fix it like in a day or two days Mm -hmm. or like we won't let things you know drift and so our contract is kind of like hey guys like you know we want you to be happy when you come to work so you can send out the best plates or like welcome you were in your intro talking about the experience and the quality of the service you need to give um, a soil you need to give a base that is healthy for this to happen for people to grow and for people to come back and so I think we never really thought about it. We didn't go to management school. like, But it just makes so much sense that if you're happy at work, you're going to be doing a better job. And if you're doing a good job, well, then people around you are going to be doing exactly the same. And the customers are going to feel it. And everybody's going to feel it. And mm. you're going to be busy. And I think French people, to going back to what you were saying, sometimes are a little suspicious of like, if I'm being too generous or too nice, I'm going to be taken advantage of. There's Which that, is you usually know, the case in the hospitality industry. Like yeah. we heard a lot of stories from our employees that are just awful. Like, but if you hire right, what I'm saying mm. is that if you hire right, if you 
if you hire the right people and then if you're generous with those people, chances mm-hmm. are they're going to be taking care of you. They're not going to take advantage of you. You know, people are like, oh, no. man, if, mm-hmm. if I give my employee, like, a little bit more than the bonus or whatever, like, they're always going to ask for more or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it just, it doesn't happen that way. Like, I would push people to go towards being a bit more generous if you can. And especially if you're busy. I mean, you, you can't pay people uh, just to sneak and if they see the line around the corner every day. Like, so that's why we sensibilize people about costs. Like, they need to know that, we have to pay them and there's all this other stuff we got to pay. But if the cake is big, you got to share the cake, you know? And so, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean your employee is going to get greedy. I don't think so. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And the crowd that you draw specifically has been, or at least at the breakfast leaning holy belly has been very international. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about the fact that foreigners want to come and have pancakes in Paris? I know. Like, it's weird. Is that what you expected? Is that, are you happy? What it like, what do you, I mean, because I want to, I live here, so I'm happy to know where I can get good pancakes and eggs, and, and you do way more than that, obviously, but, mm. like, those are some staple items, Yeah, and people will line up, and they're from Scandinavia or mm. Korea, and you get, I mean, I'm not to name names, but you get some famous people who come by, too, so it's yeah. like you clearly are a draw. And we we work at it, and... You know, then I'm going to let Sarah talk about this because the pancake story is kind of funny and like how it was never supposed to stay on the menu for more than a month. Ooh. <laughs> but oh, it's how a, interesting. Going back to what you said, because I think your intro was great. And uh, what you said it made, made a lot of sense. And it's they don't come just for the food. I think people also come for the experience, you know, and they come for like they just want to see it. They want to be taken care of. And the food industry or like the food scene in Paris, the quality of service, the medium, the average is kind of low. And so like from the moment you just give someone a smile and like just are real and honest and genuine with them and just give a bit of warmth, that's what people want. And like the food is accessory. I know, no, I'm not saying the food doesn't matter. Food is <laughs> essential. <laughs> it's not what I meant, but like it's service no, right it's now the, in this city. Yeah. It's a whole experience. It's, you yeah, know, yeah. it's a whole experience. I mean, the playlist yeah. is good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The vibe. It's all about the vibe. Yeah. And, but it's, it's true when, uh, so I think we can name him, but like when LeBron James came uh, a month ago, two months ago, I, f- I forgot. And like, I got a bunch of messages, but like, really? Like, he's in Paris for a few days and he wants pancakes. And I'm like, well, men wants pancakes. What can you do? <laughs> but like, does that, well, tell me the pancake story because it sounds like. <laughs> no, it's just like. It, um, become, it became a thing bigger than you. Yeah, totally. Um, well, you know, when we designed the first menu, like we are supposed to have um, a menu changing every month, like the lunch menu, but also the breakfast menu, uh, apart from exit and sides with the sides changing. But um, And uh, we designed the menu with Lise, who I opened yeah. the um, Holly Belly with in the kitchen and we you know we just put things on the menu but they were not supposed to stay forever and then people just loved them and were like we can't we can't take them out like it's just like mm. you know yeah it was never supposed to be a pancake place but they're good so they stay and you know they, they keep us afloat and they allow us to do a whole bunch of stuff around that and so which uh, is an interesting insight i don't yeah. think people necessarily perceive that that success allowed you to do what you're doing at Holy Belly 19. Yeah, for example. Which was the original Holy Belly. Yeah. Anyway, kind of complicated. So confusing. <laughs> um, but at the Holy Belly 19, you're doing... How would you describe what you're doing there? I mean, they're small plates, but yeah. very... Di- I mean, very different. Not Yeah, we just wanted to... When we had Holy Belly 19, and we're like, oh, what should we do now that we have Holy Belly... Like, we have two locations, so what should we do with each one? Uh, we thought, like, 
let's do big eggs and sides and pancakes and specials of the day that goes with that vibe at HB5. And let's um, bring that um, lunch menu that we did in the original HB and align a breakfast menu that kind of goes along with it. So mm -hmm. Uh, I always wanted to do small sharing plates, which I'm very jealous of from like, you know, wine bars or, <laughs> um, and we thought like, oh, let's do that for breakfast. It would be so good to have like super fresh seasonal small plates to share uh, between like two, three, four people or even on your own. You can <laughs> mm, I do it. Eat um, it all. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and have a lunch menu changing every day. Yep. I think what 19 is to 5 is balance. Because when we had the first Holly Belly, the small one, it was a balanced menu. Sarah, everything she does is, is thought about. So there was the comforting food in the morning, uh, the pancakes, the eggs. That was the morning. And then we we just stopped that at 12. And then we started doing like really good lunches, like three. You would remember those days, yeah. like three mm -hmm. really good main dishes. But people were mad. Like when we <laughs> stopped the pancakes at 12, like it was, it was hard. And so when we just found this bigger space down the street, we're like, okay, well, let's move pancakes and eggs and specials that are delicious and seasonal and house-made and, all, you know, same standards. But let's move that to the big space and, like, let's give yeah. that to the people. Like, that's what so they want. To the you know, they want to eat pancakes every day, all day. So let's be seven days. Let's be, you know, nine to four and let's not stop pancakes at yeah. 12. You Do know? the and menu all day, That will be every that place. Day, yeah. And then we lost balance because then we, because of construction and, you know, setbacks, we, we were just five for a long time, you yeah. know? And so we just became that place. We were never supposed to be just five it was always supposed to be the two places together right and so we lost that balance for about a year it was just mostly just this really delicious comfort food and we just and because it was bigger and because it was four years into it we just became known for that and so now with the small holly belly reopen and i i say it's a bit more francophone and a bit mm -hmm. less anglophone um and and those main dishes back on the menu for lunch and stuff we bring back the balance and now yeah. i think it's like it's yin and yang you know we're like we're, we're whole again and you work with a different coffee roaster for exactly. holy belly 19 different vibe different di decor totally different vibe. yeah so it's yeah. good for the staff it's good for the kitchen staff because they do some stuff at five and then after a little bit they go to 19 floor staff is the same it's it's balanced for everybody for the customer for the staff for us for it's us great. as well yeah now I mean, the it's, not is to, it's not to say that you don't get french diners at holy belly five because you do you would do yeah and, i mean i've been there i know yeah. but it's so it's just a fascinating mix of people yeah mm. and that was one of my latest friends you know about tourists tourists yeah, okay, that's sort of why i brought this uh, yeah. up yeah so what, is, what were you gonna say about that well, it's not fair i mean you know people like uh, sometimes i'm just like i'm outside taking a phone call like you know standing in front of holy belly and like i will hear the french people just the way they do, you know, they, they can't be happy for us. Like, we're one of you guys. Like, we're French, you know, but they will walk past and being all judgmental and be like, oh, this is a place for tourists. And I'm like, mate, you know, that statement is so limited. Like, you, you just you just talk down the whole work that goes into it for the kitchen. For... Do you say something to them? No, I don't. But like, I boil, you know, I'm like, because <laughs> I know what they mean. But, and like, I shouldn't even be offended. Yes, it is a restaurant for tourists and authors. But like, I know what they mean by it and they don't intend to, it's not supposed to be nice, you know. And in, in Paris, if you're a restaurant for tourists, it's bad. Well, and exactly. And that's not what, like, you wouldn't have any of us who love to go out and eat. Ex mm -hmm. Yeah. You wouldn't like, have us there if it were a tourist restaurant, like, strictly. Yeah. It's a restaurant for tourists who do their homework about where to go eat in Paris, yeah. you know. Like. Well, and who isn't a tourist? Are you a tourist sometimes? Exactly. Yeah, yeah man. As, uh, the minute I'm outside of Paris or France, uh, I'm a tourist. And, like, I don't become this monster just because <laughs> I'm, you know, not in my home country anymore. You know, this argument just makes no sense. I think uh, what they mean by tourists is that just people coming to see the Tour Eiffel and just eating wherever, mm. which is not the case, but 
Yeah. Well, no, because those people will yeah, choose exactly. the menus yeah. where it's written in seven different languages. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. exactly. They don't realize they're getting had. But so, okay, so just to finish up, because unfortunately already, I feel like we need to have four different sessions here. Um, <laughs> there's still a lot that needs to develop in this food scene, for sure. What are some of the things that you would like to still see happen here? Because, you know, you, you contributed a lot in coming back to France and opening this business and showing other businesses maybe how things could work. Um, but obviously the scene has evolved and not everything has has changed for the better. So is there something you'd like to see develop here? In terms of like restaurants? Or service or format or well, mentality? Service, I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I still, I always tell the guys, I'm like, you're the face, you're, you're the first person person the first interaction and last interaction service is everything and i'm just always so disappointed that not many more people pay attention to service they focus on the plate and they focus on the decor and they focus on the tablecloth and i'm like but i will always go back to a restaurant where the service was better this isn't this is priority for me and i think it's priority for a lot of people you know and so if if i had to just pick one for me be like there's still some work to be done about service and find a way to you know, make make the guys happy and passionate about what they're doing, and not just carry plates. And mm, yeah. we've, we've all had that bad service. Like I, I, you know, I'll never name names, but like it's just so what? bad. What you won't? No, not here. But like you know, when you go to restaurants and like the food's good and it could be such a good place, and then you get this like bad service, and you're like, oh, we were so close, you yeah. know, and like mm-hmm. that one person just didn't do it. Yeah, and you might and not go back. Thing, no, like, I won't go back. I feel like uh, sometimes waiters think they just have to take the order bring the food, make you pay, that's it. But that's not it. That's just the technical aspect of the job. But this being a server so is much more. everything around that. It's just, you know, and sometimes you j- you only have the technical aspect, which is a bit, uh, like a bit of a shame, really. Like if I can use this platform to send out a message to everybody that works in hospitality and like works on the floor, your job matter. And like what mm. you do is so important. So like when you wake up in the morning and you go to work and like, hey, I'm just going to work or whatever, you are so important. And so like, I understand that if you're not treated well, like your boss is not nice or you haven't been paid for a month, which happens, uh, not to name names again, but um, mm-hmm. I would understand that you don't want to give 200%. But like if you're happy and your work environment is healthy, you have to give back in the way of good service. And it's so important. Well, now I think all of our listeners, if they haven't been to Holy Belly, they're going to really come and check out. (laughs) And now we have to deliver. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How you guys guys deliver. Thank you so much for being here because I think you've created something very interesting in Paris that, you know, keeps keeps going and keeps generating new interest. So bravo to you. Can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Hopefully something right around the 10th arrondissement, you know, just to complete your <laughs> your empire. No, no, I think now, like next year, we're just going to consolidate what we already have. 19 has a lot of work to do still. So mm. Sarah uh, keeps saying, I don't know why you say that. No, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not perfect yet. <laughs> yeah, she won't, she won't rest until it's perfect. Well, that's, that's clearly the way you guys operate anyway. So make it perfect. And people can find you on Instagram yep. at Holy Belly Cafe because Holy oh, Belly cafe. was taken. Yeah. Wait, so it's Holy Belly Cafe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Holy Belly Cafe. I don't even pay attention to the handle anymore. I just yeah message you. you find us. <laughs> so Holy Belly Cafe, and you can find them in the 10th arrondissement yep. uh, at five and nineteen Rue Lucien Sempé. Exactly. Uh, go check them out. And until next time, do listen to all the previous episodes of The New Paris on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you're streaming your shows. A bientôt. A bientôt.